continuing a series of talks on guru issues, particularly with respect to the International Society for Krishna Consciousness, founder Acharya, His Divine Grace, A.C. Bhaktivedanta Swami Prabhupada. Today, I'm going to talk about distrust of gurus. It's a difficult topic. If you don't think you can handle it, or you might be outraged, you could tune out now. It's difficult for me to speak on also. Definitely, I don't like to speak on, I like to speak on the glories of Krishna, the glories of Srila Prabhupada, the glories of Gauranga. Naturally, I like to speak about these things, but there are issues to be dealt with, and previous acharyas have not neglected such issues. Siddhanta balaya chitte na koraha alosh, eha huite krishne lage sudira manosh. Srila Prabhupada translates this, uh, one should not be lazy in the matter of understanding Siddhanta, uh, no, he didn't translate that. One should not avoid controversial issues, but I mean, that's my translation. Siddhanta Balia, don't be lazy in the matter of understanding the proper conclusions, because by pursuing such topics, one's mind will be strongly attached to Krishna. So what I'm going to say is based on personal experience and observations and feedback from what we can call the ground level. The average man in the street, as the saying used to be. Now you have to say average man, woman, or cross-dresser, or whatever in the street. Uh, what I say won't be liked by all, for sure, and it may particularly upset some of the devotees in positions of authority within ISKCON. But it should also be heard in the light of previous talks that I gave. For instance, talking about Krishna Bhajanamrita of Narahari Sharka, in which he states that even at the time of Lord Chaitanya, there were so many difficulties with gurus, so it's nothing new. <clears throat> the Ritvikites have made something new, not seeing that there have been problems with gurus throughout history, they've made up a new system, and they, they will jump on the things I'm going to say this evening, and take it as evidence to prove that their concoction is actually right. But they're bluffing. They make huge, long, intricate arguments to try to show that Srila Prabhupada wanted, despite all that he'd said to the contrary throughout all the years that he'd been with us, that Srila Prabhupada wanted that none of his disciples should initiate that he should continue to initiate ad infinitum uh, in, into 
infinity or as long as the Krishna conscious movement lasts. But the fact is there there is no clear order from Srila Prabhupada regarding this. It's it's putting bits and pieces together and interpreting it in various ways. Rather, when Srila Prabhupada was specifically asked about initiations in future and he spoke about his disciples giving initiation and Srila Prabhupada, when he was asked, whose disciple will they be? Srila Prabhupada said, disciple of my disciple. So there, there are so many other things that can be raised, but uh, when these are pretty unequivocal statements, which you can, in a legalistic way, try to argue, bringing so many quotes this way and that way, but it's just a concoction. Now, it is a fact that guru fall-downs devastate the lives of their disciples and of whole preaching fields. And it was this that gave rise to the Ritvik heresy. Otherwise, no, this idea only arose some few years after Srila Prabhupada had passed away from this world. So guru fall-downs are devastating, and in ISKCON, dozens of gurus fell down. That's huge, and, and mostly rather badly. I mean, fall-down is bad. And remember, we not only lost many devotees, but we also lost some of Srila Prabhupada's best men. They, the 11 who started initiating, first of all, they were hand-picked by Srila Prabhupada to represent him as Ritviks uh, while he was present in this world. Nowadays, there's not so much problem of gross guru fall-down. According to the ISKCON Ministry of San Sanya Services, this data is a little, it's from a few years ago, but it gives a general idea. Uh, well, this is up to 2010. So according to them, which, yeah, we can accept it as pretty much accurate, 194 sannyasis and one Babaji were, were ordained between 1967 and 2010. That's not many. If we take 43 years, less than 200 sannyasis in that time. Now, of course, gurus are also householders, but mostly have been sannyasis. Among these sannyasis and one Babaji, 86 relinquished their status. 14 at that time had passed away as sannyasis, and 10 had left <clears throat> ISKCON, but had remained as sannyasis. That means by going to various institutions under the umbrella title of the Gorya Mat. <clears throat> also, it should be noted that the majority of those who left sannyas remained in Krishna consciousness. Now, the fall-downs cast doubt on those who are still, still standing. There's a feeling that 
anybody and everybody can go astray. I remember one of my disciples when Hari Kesh Maharaj fell down when that came out she had been serving in his zone and she concluded that well if he can fall down then anyone can fall down which is true at least theoretically the jiva has independence and she more or less drifted out of Krishna consciousness at that point but of course so many others didn't drift out so it may be also that the guru fall down. These are complex uh, psychosociological considerations. It may be that devotees, they were anyway, what shall I say, the, the guru fall down facilitates their, or provides an excuse for them to indulge in sense gratification or going away from Krishna consciousness which they, that desire is there in their heart. Generally it's thought that Indians, devotees from India will be less susceptible to such gross fall down but uh, that's also not absolutely true and of course uh, Many of the great speculations, philosophical deviations from pure Krishna consciousness have traditionally come out of India. So we just don't know who. It can be said that we don't know exactly who will fall down. Kala Krishnadas was personally, directly, 24 hours a day associating with Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. He fell down. Some of the sons of Advaita Acharya, they became uh, like Rakshasas, that's stated by, um, well, Srila Prabhupada writes that, I presume that's derived from Bhaktisiddhanta Saraswati's commentary. The biological sons of Srila Prabhupada, one of them was favorable to Krishna consciousness, but not very serious about it. And one of them was, uh, in his own words, as related by Giriraj Swami, just like a demon. Okay, I'm going to read from the ISKCON Communications Journal in the year 2000 uh, from an essay by Ravindra Swaroop who is one of the gurus in Iskon and still is. <clears throat> he writes, devotees gather from all over the world. Devotees are from all over the world. They come from different backgrounds and different cultures and cultural misreadings between Westerners and Indians do take place. And now the GBC has become very, very weak. The principal reason for this has been the fall down of spiritual masters and the decay of spiritual authority in general. This applies to sannyasis, gurus, and the GBC. There's, there has been a big overlap of these three categories, and they're all in disrepute. The renounced order of life has come to be called the denounced order of life. We hear that all the time. 
People are very dubious about gurus. Everyone is wondering when the next one is going to fall, and the GBC seems to be floundering and cannot do anything about it. There is a feeling that we do not know where our vision is going to come from. That was 22 years ago. I don't think that so accurately uh, explains the situation uh, it explains the situation nowadays. Things have settled down to some extent, and nowadays there is not so much problem of guru fall gross guru fall down. There is prevalent in the atmosphere in the world beyond the walls of Iskon. Uh, prevalent sense of distrust of authorities in general. That's not everywhere. It's particularly strong. It's endemic in French culture. It's strong in, among many in uh, Britain, America, and many parts of Europe. Um, so that's there. Uh, I know in Iskon there's not so much problem of gross guru fall down now, but uh, there's a res residual distrust among many, especially those who lived through those turbulent years, but not, not restricted to them. And although it may not be spoken about much, but we do here, just like I say, speaking, speaking to what we can call ground-level devotees. It's perceived that some devotees who have accepted the role and the service of guru don't live up to expectations. They might be good. They might be very inspiring kirtan leaders or give good talks, but off stage, then their activities are not always in sync with what they speak. Apane achare keha nakare pracha. Pracha karen keha nakaren acha. Acha pracha name karaho dui karj. Tumi Sharava Guru Tumi Jogate Arj. These famous words spoken by Sanatan Goswami to Haridash Thakur bear the import that some follow the rules and regulations of devotional service very well, but they don't preach. And some preach, but they don't properly behave as a devotee. So Sanatana Goswami said to Haridash Thakur that you do both. Your behavior is ideal and you also preach all in relation to the holy name. Therefore, you are the guru of all and the best person in the whole universe. I'm going to read a quote from Srimad Bhagavatam, Canto 3, Chapter 12, Text 31. Uh, the from the purport by Srila Prabhupada, Srila Prabhupada writes, 
The spiritual master's behavior and character should be so ideal that people will follow such sublime behavior and derive the highest spiritual benefit. However, uh, it is observed, it is whispered that some sannyasis and gurus, uh, they, they don't come up to the mark. They may have uh, serious defects in their acha, in their behavior and devotional service. Um, we don't like to say it, but it is said and it is observed. There, there are sannyasis who have, if you want to put it very bluntly, girlfriends or close female companions, maybe their own disciple. Uh, sannyasis, that's not proper. They're, of course, they're grihasta sannyasis, and there's, it's not a problem that they travel everywhere with their wife. But it is a problem if a sannyasi does. Or, um, someone wrote to me about this. Um, Devotee, a godbrother of mine, writing rather cynically. Who is actually finally the guru? The guru or his female disciple? As one temple president told me, this is temple president told my godbrother when he was trying to find out where such and such a sannyasi might be because he wanted to invite him to his temple he never got an answer from that sannyasi but when he asked what one of his uh, female disciples he instantly got the answer where where his where her beloved guru was and when he might come. So in other words, he wasn't interacting with the Tamil president, he was interacting with a female guru, a uh, female disciple about when he'd like to visit that area, completely bypassing the Tamil president. The situation, my godbrother wrote, is already so perverted that I sometimes wonder if I would be more prominent in ISKCON if I would be a woman and have a sari instead of a doji and a few million dollars in my account to offer in donations. How much more I would be appreciated by those who reject me today. So you can say it's cynical. Is there any truth in it? You can say this, you may say, well, it's a harsh assessment. But there is truth in it inasmuch as Caesar's wife should be above suspicion. If a, if a sannyasi is more in contact with his, particularly his female disciples, and is seen to be a ladies' man, that won't inspire faith. It will be, it will be, commented upon, as Chaitanya Mahaprabhu said, Shanya Shira 
alpo chidra sharba loke gai. If the uh, uh, what is that? Marshe shukla barshe marshe bindu jeno nalukai. Shanyashira alpo chidra sharba loke gai. Chaitanya Mahaprabhu said that just as on white cloth, if there's a little, if there's a little stain, a small ink stain, you can't hide it, it shows. So in the same way, if there's a small defect in a sannyasi, that will be broadcast everywhere. That's just the way of the world. Hmm. So we have... So we're told. Gurus not chanting their rounds, watching... Hollywood thrillers, dancing to vulgar Bollywood music. What's going on? There's a common perception of gurus and sannyasis living comfortably at the expense of others. Personally, I think that's a bit overblown in many cases because I see the, the sannyasis in our movement. The majority of them are working hard for preaching Krishna consciousness, doing their service. It's, they're not just living comfortably. They may live in some level of comfort, but most of them, are, they're not interested in living a highly luxurious life. They're interested in serving Krishna. That's my observation. Other criticisms of some gurus addicted to initiating more and more and more disciples without uh, without seeing to their proper advancement and even trying to initiate the those who are those who are aspiring for initiation from someone else. And the question arises, is it is other gurus all completely spiritually motivated? So it's like that. It's it's somewhat questionable. I got another comment. This is by email. I'm not exactly sure who it's from. Iskon gurus tend to favor initiating more than training disciples as if quantity trumps quality. We stopped boiling milk decades ago, which eventually created many of these problems. There's also distrust from lack of transparency. It's said that some gurus are very rich, One guru who passed away some years ago, it is said that he had $200,000 in his bank account or bank accounts. Why should he have so much? He may, he may need something for travel here and there, but so much? It's perceived that some gurus, they, they especially try to go after rich people to make them disciples. A uh, little tangential here. Recently, a god sister of mine sent me a query that uh, 
What happens to the BBT, the BBT funds? Uh, where, where, how, where does it all go to? I, I never thought about it. I, I don't here in India. I don't distrust in America. I, I'm, uh, Shravas and Archit and Sura Prabhu was there. So I, I, I don't distrust, but at the same time, I don't know. And if you don't know, then it can lead to doubt. Hmm. Then there's accountability. That's another issue which is that should be for all of ISKCON leaders at all levels, accountability. Something goes wrong, who takes the blame? Well, we're not a blaming movement, but at the same time, if someone's not very competent in their service, they're a Tamil president and nothing develops in the place for 20 years, and oh, they behave with others in such a harsh way that no one wants to join. In some places they actually say, we don't want anyone to join. It's too much headache. We'll just pay a few people to do the services. So accountability is an issue. Then there are some devotees who do respect their gurus and do serve their gurus, and but they're not fully comfortable with all that they say or do. And this must be very widespread. I'm pretty sure it's there with myself also, uh, at least with some of my disciples, this, the kind of intimate trust that Srila Prabhupada inspired in most of his disciples is not so common nowadays. Disciples might lose faith in their guru due to serious disagreements, maybe some personal issue. They think, well, he treated me wrongly, he was so heavy with me, misunderstood me, or someone told me about one big Goryamat guru who he started following, but he left him seeing... An Iskon devotee who started following Goryamad Guru, but he told me it left him because he saw how uh, how he behaved with a devotee who was what we call mentally challenged and was belittling that devotee. So it, <laughs> that's how he saw it. Disagreements, managerial disagreements, especially if it is if a guru is a manager. I want to speak about that a little more. The guru is a GBC, and then the town president, who is his disciple, doesn't agree with his GBC's decision that can cause distrust or discomfort with the guru. Maybe philosophical issues that the disciple doesn't agree with. That's becoming quite prominent now, here in India especially, over the issue of female Diksha Gurus, otherwise known as Vaishnavi Diksha Gurus. Uh, the Guru might try to be very soft with the disciples, treat them very cautiously, to try not to alienate them, but that way he can't properly be a Guru. 
it's uh, it's not such an easy service to perform. If if you're too soft, then what's the point of being guru? You're supposed to give some. This is right. That's wrong. You're supposed to give some training, but then people are so sensitive, hypersensitive, that they prefer. Many may prefer a guru who, guru who just smiles and lets them do whatever they like. As I heard in Italy, GBC, C in Italian means yes, so yes, yes, do whatever you like. Yes, yes, whatever you want to do, yes, yes. Some disciples, as I've heard, it's most probably not a majority, but it is there. They're just not inspired by their gurus. They, some feel they just want to take money from me without giving anything substantial spiritually. Or they may see or suspect that their guru has sahajya or mayavad tendencies, or they may feel that they're just like a number in someone's database, someone's ambition to have more and more disciples. Some devotees join, they're there, brought in and said, here, here's your guru, it's great, he's the best, and they enthusiastically follow that guru, initiated by him, and later they change their mind. They see there's something seriously wrong. There was a devotee who was a very enthusiastic preacher, making so many disciples, bringing, bringing people in and bringing them to be disciples of his guru. But then one time he conveyed to his guru that another sannyasi had asked that disciple if he could arrange a program for him, to which his guru replied, oh, then some people might want to be his disciple, at which point that that, dis that disciple just snapped and thought, that's not right, he shouldn't think like that. And then he went off and left his scone and joined some Babaji's. Now, it may be that... Um, that was the straw or that was the log that broke the camel's back. But uh, it's, it's an example of how disciples can come to distrust their guru, which is very unhealthy in spiritual life Shadhavanjan, well, in Krishna consciousness especially, Shadhavanjan Hoi Bhakti Adhikari, one whose faith is eligible to perform devotional service. And faith means we're supposed to repose our faith in a guru. But then unhealthy attitudes develop, and gurus can be seen as a nuisance. So they come time to time and then just so much effort uh, and think, well, I, I can lead others as well as or better than my guru. I, I can preach better than my guru. 
I know more shlokas. I, I'm the one who's bringing people into Krishna consciousness. Why do I need a guru over me? I can go straight to Srila Prabhupada. What do I need this guru for? There's a problem with this. Sometimes we hear someone like saying, well, I, I prayed to Prabhupada in my heart and he told me, blah, 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 whatever it may be. I prayed to Prabhupada in my heart and he told me that Ritvikism is right. There can be a problem with this. <coughs> Some years ago, one female devotee in Europe was looking to me for guidance, uninitiated. And she wrote, she was by email, I'd met her a couple of times, and sending emails, asking what should I do, I'm such and such an age, I can't marry, what should I do? So I said, I wrote a letter and said that, that well, here's a suggestion, you could dedicate your life uh, as, as much as you can to distributing Prabhupada's books. And she didn't like that at all. She didn't like that suggestion at all. So she wrote back and said, I went to Prabhupada, I went before the deity of Prabhupada and I prayed to him, what should I say to him? And Prabhupada told me, you should tell, you, sh you should kick him in the head, referring to me. Kick him in the head. That's what she thinks Prabhupada said to her because I'd advised her to distribute Srila Prabhupada's books. So this idea that I'm just getting inspiration in the heart and that proves that I'm right, no. That's not accepted in any bona fide sampradaya. It may be that after some years you have learned everything and you may think, well, I don't, I don't need a guru. He's become irrelevant. It's just a, a burden. And you may think, you know, what's, what's my guru? He's so old. Why don't he just die and in the back of the mind and become a quasi-guru even in your guru's lifetime? Many unhealthy attitudes may be there. Distrust of gurus is unhealthy. But then we have to see that the gurus have to act in Krishna consciousness, preach Krishna consciousness. And uh, if they don't do things like going on YouTube with dressed in tightly fitting kami clothes, doing Bollywood dances, it makes it easier for all of us. Distrust will be there, it's Kali Yuga, but minimally our devotees, they should speak the philosophy of Krishna consciousness as it is without trying to imitate some Zen gurus or psychological personality development gurus or speak equivocally just present the philosophy of Krishna consciousness as it is everything will be alright if, if people are at least somewhat honest and straightforward 
they should be ready to accept that. Now, I apologize if I've advertently or inadvertently stepped on some toes. I'm, I don't want to create the impression that, I, that I'm saying that, well, I'm right and everyone else is wrong, because I really don't believe that. And uh, those who know me and speak with me privately also know that I, I, I certainly don't believe that and I don't want to promote that. But these are issues that, as I said when I started this series of talks, these are issues that uh, somehow or other I get brought to me, maybe because I'm open to discuss things which others are less open to discuss. So I'm just trying to discuss them in a manner which may at least be cathartic. And I hope overall, if you see the whole series of talks, it be, can be seen as constructive. And when I get through all this series of talks, at the end of the series, I, I want to suggest some, um, some solutions for the ongoing difficulties with gurus. And again, most devotees probably, they don't have a difficulty with their guru. So if you don't have a difficulty, all well and good. Vancha kalpatarubhyascha kripa sindhubya evacha patita nam pavanebhyo vaishnavebhyo namo namaha. Dante nithaya chunakang padayani patya kritvacha kakushatametara humravimi. Hey Sadava Sakala Evivihaya Durat, Goranga Chandra Charane, Kurutanu Ragaha. Parivaditu Jano Yata Tata Va Nanumokara Navayang Vichare Yamaha. Hari Rasamadira Madati Mata Bhuvivilutama Nartama Nirvishama. Hari Krishna, Hari Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hari Hari. Hare Rama, Hare Rama, Rama Rama, Rama Hare Hare.